You're listening to the Zero Lives Left podcast, episode 49. Welcome to the Zero Lives Left podcast. What is it you have always wanted to do? Are you stuck going around in circles? Sound familiar? Maybe you have always wanted to start a business. Maybe there's a particular career path you've wanted to follow. Each episode, we bring you an inspiring insight from someone who has done it, how they did it, along with actionable tips on how you can make it happen. Now, here's your host, Wayne Denner. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Zero Lives Left podcast. My name is Wayne. I'm your host on this journey. Thank you once again for tuning back into another episode of the show. Today we are back at it. We are talking a little bit more about the coronavirus, COVID-19. We're still in lock-in. Some people call it lockdown. But more and more people are spending time at home, working from home. Uh, Restrictions are still in place. But there is no doubt this is causing major challenges for many people. Of course, we want to give a huge shout out to all those people working on the front line, helping keep people safe. It is important that people listen to the advice and guidance that they are getting from the World Health Organization and also from their Department of Health. It is important that we try to contain this coronavirus, that we're not spreading it, and hopefully in the not too distant future, we will get back to some form of normality. Of course, the podcast is still going ahead. We're creating even more episodes for you during this uncertain time, and we hope that is providing value to you, our listeners. If you're listening to this podcast today on iTunes, please don't forget to rate and review the podcasts. Ratings and reviews are really important, and they do help other people find out about the show. Don't forget to stop by and check out the Zero Lives Left website. Lots of great information available over there. We've got previous episodes of the show, and also where you can find a little bit more information on our guests. Today we've got another great episode lined up for you. I'm chatting to Joanne Callan and myself and Joanne have known each other for a number of years and Joanne does great work. We're going to be talking all about her journey. We're going to be talking about how she helps people understand how their body works. Some very interesting stuff here today on how to maximize our wellness. We're going to talk about emotional health and well-being, stress management, and of course, the COVID-19 virus that is gripping the world right now and what you can do to help with your mental health and your wellness. Joanne is a holistic therapist and well-being coach. She is an international trainer for Relax Kids here in Ireland. She is an accredited coach with the Institute for the Psychology of Eaton. With over 15 years experience in health and wellness, Joanne is passionate about holistic health, educating and empowering and supporting individuals and families to be the healthiest they can be. Joanne has a particular interest in the area of children's physical and emotional health, women's fertility and menstrual health, along with eating psychology and mind body nutrition. We've got a great episode lined up for you today. All right, let's not waste any more time and get right in to episode 49 of the Zero Lives Left podcast. Joanne, thanks for joining me on episode 49 of the Zero Lives Left podcast. Can you give our listeners, Joanne, a little bit of an overview on your journey to date, some of the things that you've been up to and sort of how you help people 
the information that you share and the content that you create and also the important work that you do with people. Can you give our listeners a little bit of an overview on that? Absolutely, Wayne. Thank you so much for inviting me along to join you today. Um, I'm a holistic therapist, wellbeing coach, um, and that's kind of the broad title that has you know, a number of branches of the tree really underneath that. And um, my overall passion is educating, supporting and empowering people to understand how their body works physically, emotionally, energetically, um, and to maximize their wellness, basically. Um, I work a lot with children and families um, as a relaxed kids coach. And also, you know, primarily a lot of my work would be with women around um, menstrual health, well-being, managing stress um and i guess fertility pregnancy that that whole area of stuff so um whilst it's a broad title um it's the variety of it that that actually you know i i really really enjoy and and i do that in a variety of different ways you know one-to-one work and then also some group workshops online workshops yeah there's a variety of different ways that that happens and i'm really passionate that our well-being is a jigsaw puzzle so um, you know, I don't believe there's one size fits all or one thing that makes us unwell or one thing that makes us healthy. Health and well-being for me is, is literally a jigsaw puzzle. And when we get the right pieces for us and slot them all together, then we are, you know, we've got that, that picture of holistic well-being. And I guess one of the things that people, you know, when people hear holistic well-being, they, they, you know, they, some people, everybody, as we know, words are powerful and everybody will have a an idea of what that looks like and what that means. For me, holistic well-being is inclusive of everything that looks that makes us healthy and well. So that includes, you know, our doctors, our pharmaceuticals, our exercise, nutrition, stress management techniques, meditation, faith. You know, it, it, holistic well-being for me is is that package. It's it's everything that we need to be well. Um, and you know, there's no one thing better than the other. They're just needed at different times, really. Let's talk about the jigsaw. Very interesting analogy. Um, and I suppose if I think of myself today in the current sort of coronavirus, um, you know, running a business, you know, being involved in a, in a startup and, and actually two or three other sort of business um, ventures at the moment. Um, and I think of my own jigsaw. Uh, I started to see my jigsaw sort of to come together very well, Joanne, where all the pieces were starting to slot into place. Now the jigsaw kind of seems to be all jumbled up again and kind of all over the place. And um, I'm seeing yeah. a lot of sort of things like, you know, anxiety creeping in, uh, stress creeping in, things like that now that, you know, I was able to manage really well, but now they're starting to have a little bit of an impact. But I'm not alone. No, absolutely not, Wayne. And I remember um, going through a very difficult emotional time about 10 years ago. And in that space, people suggest lots of things that might be helpful. Um, you know, and, and they are helpful things like exercise and, you know, would you join this group and could you do that club and could you do, you know, and I, I remember all of those suggestions coming in. I remember suggesting things like that to myself actually as well. And then I remember at one point having this moment, um, which was what if one day I can't run far enough, cycle for long enough, swim, you know, far enough all of those things, what then if, you know, all these things that I put in place aren't there, how then am I okay? 
Mm. Um, and a number of people have come back to me. I've actually written a blog on it. A number of people about that particular time. A number of people have come back to me like that and they're going, oh my God, I'm now thinking about your blog. <laughs> Whereby all of the measures that I had in place that kept me well, um, particularly mentally and emotionally, are now sort of slowly being kind of clawed, clawed away from me. Um, and that, as you say, does bring up a sense of, of anxiety and, um, you know, it can bring up lots of different emotional stuff for us. And I guess, you know, I, I talk about emotional well-being probably more even than I talk about mental well-being because I think, at, particularly at the moment, what we're doing is we're on a roller coaster of emotions. So we will, most of us will have moved through denial. We will have moved through fear. We will, you know, have moved through anxiety. We will have um, moved through guilt and, you know, a whole range of emotions and not just emotions that are, are relevant right now, um, but even some of the stuff that we've sort of pushed away from the past, may, we may find is, is common more into our thoughts because that's the nature of, of how the brain and how the mind works. Um, you know, when we're in fight or flight or freeze, the amygdala is overactive and, and we're not activating those other parts of our brain. So I think exactly as you say, a lot of people will find themselves in that position where um, you know, their, their normal routine, the things that they were doing to look after themselves are now gradually kind of changing quite dramatically. Um, and I think the key for me or the advice that I've been given to, to clients or, you know, the suggestions that I've been making are, you know, if we can flow with change, um, and I often, I, I'm a big fan of looking to nature for sort of wisdom and advice and guidance and, and different things like that and looking at the symbolism of nature. And the first kind of week where we, you know, everything started to slow down, we weren't in full lockdown. We were able to get out more and, and you know, get out. I was out walking and even still locally here, I can still get a walk in that passes by a couple of rivers. And it seemed to me that the rivers were, you know, really, I was really noticing them. Um, the, the same rivers that have always been there, but I was just kind of noticing them a bit more. Um, and rivers, you know, we, we tons of analogies around rivers, but one of the things is, particularly when it comes to emotional well-being, personal development, mental health, we often hear that analogy of, you know, not trying to go upstream. Mm. Let's go, you know, let's flow with the current. Let's go in the direction that we can go. Um, and we will find the easiest course. And resistance at the moment, if we want things to be different than what they are, um, and we keep sort of fighting that, you know, in our heads, even even though we know that we can't change it right now, we can't control it. Um, we are where we are, and we're adhering to the government's advice, and and you know, all of that is is in place. Sure. Um, we in trying to resist where we're at and trying to make our old norm, our new norm is, is, is going to be difficult for all of us. And that's where, where challenge often comes in because we can't change it. It's as, you know, it's like trying to want make a, want a blue pen to be red. It's, it's blue. And, and if you accept it's blue, you might go and get a red one. But if you, if you keep trying to make the blue one red, it, it's a battle that doesn't really need to be fought. So I think what we need to, what would be most beneficial for us then is if we can move to a place of acceptance of what is, and look at, rather than trying to control what we can't control, if we can look at what we, what we can control, and can we move to creating a new sense of norm for now, for however long that kind of needs to be. Um, and when I talked about those change in emotions, 
it's very common for people to go through those emotions on a daily basis. I mean, I can wake up in a morning and feel, you know, the sunshine and it's a beautiful day and for a moment almost forget the reality of what's going on. Yeah. And then, you know, and then, oh, what am I doing today? Well, I'm doing today very much similar to what I did yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm walking the same path that I walked yesterday and, mm-hmm. you know, all of those things. So I think it's, um, I think this is a, 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 an opportunity, I guess, for us to build our, our kind of our emotional intelligence um, and recognizing that that doesn't mean that we're positive all the time, that that means that we are feeling what we're feeling in a moment and we're allowing ourselves to feel it. And then we're developing ways to kind of change that around. Now, that doesn't happen overnight. That's, you know, that's a long it's a, it's a journey. Um, but sometimes I, well, one of the things that I find works really well for me is if I can understand why something's happening or why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling, then it becomes much easier to accept it, to know what I need to do about it. Um, you know, awareness is key with, with kind of everything. Mm. Let's There's, talk um, a little bit more about what you said earlier about the, you know, this, these things that are being eroded at the moment um, or are taken away is probably the, the, the better word from my, from my point of view. So I have a lot of sort of associates and friends and I'm I'm sure people who listen into this podcast and one of their big things is they, they love to get to the gym, right? That gym is their release. Um, And now we have all these gyms that are closed. We have parks that are closed. You know, people can't go for a long cycle anymore. You can't go to the swimming pool. You can't do any of these things that, that -hmm. people have become so reliant on, in fact, to help keep, um, I don't know, is saying the right word? Um, uh, Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, you know. What do we do now? Yeah. um, How do we replace that? Yeah. How do we replace that? And, you know, I guess that is, is the million dollar question for us. Um, and, um, you know, I, I always will speak, uh, you know, I will always talk to people about, um, I suppose about having a variety of things that work for them. You know, I am absolutely one of those people and that has been, has, has been something that I realized for me worked was not having one thing that I was dependent on. And maybe that was a control thing because I was always frightened that what if that thing was taken yeah. away? And that, that stems back to that, that, you know, that idea that I was saying, but what then? What if I can't run? What if I can't do? Yes. Um, and so I guess more and more people are finding themselves in that, in that space. Um, and, and what do we do? Um, it's, a, it's an interesting question. One of the things that I talk about is rephrasing. Sometimes when people say exercise helps me with anxiety or exercise keeps me sane or things like that. I think if we understand normal human physiology um, is that a person, exercise doesn't help with anxiety. It, it really is, is the key. Exercise is something that the human body needs in order to not be in stressed fight or flight mode. And that change for me is, is really, really important when I'm talking with clients because the first version make, it sort of implies I'm a person who is anxious and I fix it by exercising. Mm-hmm. The other way of looking at it is I am a person who needs movement and exercise in order to be well. And that's normal human nature. Um, and I think now, you know, what I would, and obviously if people have space, I think there's, 
you know, getting outdoors into the garden and things like that can be as a great workout. Like it, you know, I think it's reframing what movement means for us and what exercise means because the human body needs movement and it needs exercise. It needs physical activity probably more than, than formal structured exercise. We've replaced a lot of physical um, activity that the human body has evolved with doing over billions of years. Um, you know, humans survived long before there were formal structures of gyms and, you know, it was a normal part of everyday activity, um, which obviously, again, we're in, you know, quite unprecedented times because it's really quite limited, the, the, our ability to, to do that. Um, but I think if we can think about movement um, and uh, physical activity, then sometimes that shifts our focus on it needing to be a type of formal exercise. So in terms of our emotional health, what are some of the things that we need to be thinking about right now in the current sort of climate that we're in? Obviously, you know, there's a lot of emotions that are that are circulating at the moment and people are going through, as you said, lots of different emotions. But, but what's the sort of best sort of a guidance that you would you would share in relation to managing that emotional health uh, as, as best as you can? given that we're in this sort of lock-in, lockdown situation. Yeah. Um, And I think the other thing, not just have we got individual roller coasters of emotions, but now most people are spending time with family members in very close proximity. And, you know, even the closest of couples probably have spent more time in the last three or four weeks together than perhaps they, you know, they would do in, six years, you know, it's, it's, we've got this and we have everybody's emotions. So one of the, the pieces of advice that I talk about all the time in terms of emotional well-being is just being, beginning with being gentle with ourselves, recognizing that we are not robots, we are humans. And part of human, you know, being human is having feelings and having emotions. And our challenge with feelings and emotions is that we tend to judge them. We put them into categories Mm -hmm. of good or bad. Um, and that's that's never particularly beneficial. Emotions are just emotions, and they are you know they are what they are. Um, words and language is are vitally vitally important. Um, and again, you know, thinking so much about you know we're not stuck at home, we're safe at home. Yeah, that's is, a really is, good you point. Know, that, that mindset shift is huge because when we feel like we're in lockdown or we're shut down or we're self-isolating or we're social distancing, all of those words, you know, instantly create panic because, you know, we feel restricted. We feel, but if we can say, you know, we're all doing a bit, we're, we're safe at home, that becomes more empowering. And ultimately what we need to do is, is empower ourselves through this because, you know, those, those words of restriction will always feel disempowering. And when we feel disempowered, we feel more anxious and more stressed. Um, so I think if we can notice our language, notice our words, uh, be gentle with ourselves and others around us and, and, you know, perhaps not just not judge feelings and emotions, um, so quickly, our own and other people's, I guess, is, is the key there. Um, the one thing that we do have control of is, is our language and our words. And someone said to me once, and again, it always has always stuck with me. I'm a huge fan of the power of words. Um, you know, words are magic. That's why we call them spelling. That's mm-hmm. why we call it spelling. Um, and that's, uh, I suppose, a little bit of uh, 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 my kind of, you know, some of my stuff coming in, in on that. 
But, you know, words are really, really powerful. And we look at CBT and, you know, the, the main elements of CBT are the words that we're using and, and how they affect us. So what I would say to people is notice your language, um, notice your self-talk, how you're talking to yourself. Are you feeling that this is restrictive? Are you feeling that this is you doing your part? I saw a quote the other day that somebody said, you know, the, it was a teenager kind of meme and it said, um, you know, my teachers in school always told me that I'd never amount to anything. And here I am lying on the couch saving the world. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, that mindset shift is going to be what is going to build our resilience through this because um, we need to feel empowered in however we, and however we, we navigate through this, you know, it's, um, so my top, you know, piece of advice there is, is, be gentle with yourself, but notice your words and your language. Um, I often say to people, and it might be a little bit easier now than it probably is in our normal world, um, is to notice how often you use the word have to. And have to will always be a stressed word. Have to never feels good. Mm-hmm. Like if I say to you, you know, if I go by following you around with a wee voice in your head that goes, Wayne, you have to, you have to, you have to, you have to, you have to. The outcome there is inevitable stress. Yeah, for um, sure. Once we drop the word have to out, so, you know, I am having a chat with, with Wayne today rather than I have to have a chat with Wayne today. I am cleaning the kitchen. I am making dinner. I am going to the shop. Those things, more positive. I'm going to the shop. They're, they're much more empowering. Mm. And, um, and the other one on that, and I can do a whole, I mean, I do a whole talk on, on the power of have to and the power of why. Um, and that might be one that we'll, we'll touch base on yeah. at another time. But, um, you know, when we find our why, and that's exactly, you know, we're, we're adhering to these rules and regulations right now because it's what our world needs us to do. Um, and that, I find, has been an, a more empowering way. And it stops me moving into focusing on all the things that I can't do. Mm-hmm. So shifting our focus to what we can do rather than we can't do um, is also going to help us to feel better. Um, and then allowing space for those emotions to come up. Um, you know, I noticed it last week in particular when we were clapping for the NHS and, and I find that really emotional, you know, brought emotion up in me. And um, I almost wanted it because I'm probably familiar with some of that deep process and work. Um, I wanted it to go on for longer to almost allow myself to cry fully yes. once it was over. Um, you know, and it's recognizing that these are really unprecedented times for ourselves um but they are also we need to go through grief we need to allow ourselves to grieve what was um and feel what we're feeling right now and recognize that that's part of the transition that we're going through and i think it's also really important that we recognize the resilience of humans and human beings. We have never faced something like this before. This is unprecedented for, for our generation and even for some people in the older generation. However, this is not new for humans. Humans throughout history have had periods of time, albeit different, you know, different times. But if we look, you know, we're, we're only kind of two or three generations back from, you know, famine on, on this land, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're only sort of one, you know, 60 years away from, from war. And, um, you know, we're looking at this and going, oh, nothing like this has ever happened before. Nothing exactly like this has ever happened before. But similar things that mm-hmm. caused similar changes for people in 
similar and different, let's put it that way, um, have happened. And humans have an amazing resilient spirit to knuckle down, to do what needs to be done and to get through it. Uh, and that's the bit that, you know, when I'm looking for motivation, those are the types of things that I'm looking at. And I'm going, yeah, this is unprecedented for us. And it, it removes all of our sense of normality. Um, but we're not the first generation to have faced something that requires us all to change how, what, what our norm is. Yeah. And I'm absolutely so with you on that. And that's sort of my outlook as well. That's the way I'm looking beyond this as well. I'm trying to find that motivation. Um, and I, I'm also reflecting on things that have happened in the past, as you rightly say, you know, previous things that have happened to, you know, human beings, human, you know, things like the wars and different things like that, that have all had some impact on people's lives. Now, I want to finish with this today, Joanne, because what I'm thinking as we're chatting, there is so much more here that we can talk about. And what I really want to do is I want to do more of this because I think this is such an important topic to be talking about because I think it's going to change on a weekly basis. And this is a very good sort of introduction onto what people think about now, you're a relaxed kids coach as well. Let's talk about, you know, from my point of view, one of the most important group of people in all of this, the children and young people, um, you know, who are, you know, experiencing something like this for the first time. And I know we're experiencing it as well, but, but we've experienced a lot of things. You know, we've had those freedoms to be able to go out and do these things, you know, and, and suddenly children and young people are finding wow, it's all changed. I can't go down to the park now. I, I can't go and play a football match with my mates. I, I can't do any of these things that I love to do. And, and they're finding it difficult. What advice or guidance would you give to parents now? Who And again, I think this is a knock-on impact on everybody else in the home. If there's higher stress levels, higher anxiety levels, maybe parents are trying to work from home. A lot of parents are working from home right now. That's extremely difficult whenever children are, you know, not at school and not able to do these things that they normally do. What sort of three things? Let's, let's finish in three key things that, that you would share today with those mums and dads. So I think the, the oxygen mask analogy is, is the key one. Um, and we hear it used all the time. You need to, you know, look after your own oxygen mask first um, and that will enable you to look after those people that are around you much better. Um, so, so that so, guidance that they give you on the flight. Yes, absolutely. Take that. And, and we'll all hope for flights at some point in the future, <laughs> yeah. but take that because that is, you know, that is, that is a key piece of advice. Um, you cannot look after anybody else unless you're looking after yourself. So first and foremost, you know, be the calm, in the storm. Um, I think the important thing to remember too is that a lot of children and a lot of parents that I've been speaking to, you know, a lot of children are, are actually really enjoying some of this, this time yeah. and space. Um, you know, they're enjoying having mommy and daddy at home when they're used to them being out working and things like that. So, sure. you know, lots of cuddles, lots of hugs, lots of love. Um, lots of bring fun and laughter into the home where everybody's going to benefit. Play. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan of um, encouraging adults to be more playful in their way. Even, you know, simple thing like I was out for a walk the other evening and I took a, a, just a tennis ball with me and I literally juggled it as I was walking, which allowed me to be a bit more mindful, but it also cognitively challenged me a little bit more. Um, so, in, you know, learning, so much learning happens through play and all the early years studies and all, you know, there's, there's evidence 
tenfold to back that up that play is is probably one of the the best ways that children learn um, and it takes adults out of our, our serious adult head so um bring in fun bring in play do hopscotch with the children if you know if that's what it is take them back think about the things that perhaps maybe grandparents would have done Mm. Um, you know, how do grandparents entertain themselves and say, can you bring some of that into the home, into the home? And I know that's one of the bonds that people are struggling with as well is the connection sure. with, with, with grandparents. Um, you know, I've encouraged some of my clients to use this time to interview grandparents, to capture some family history. And that can actually allow grandparents to be kind of virtual babysitters for a while while parents get on if they are working at home. So create a family project maybe might be one of those things and get children to interview other family members over FaceTime or Skype or, or Zoom or however they're doing it. Um, and integrate, you know, remember that this time will never come back to us. We will never, you know, get this time again. Um, and I do recommend actually a, a book called The Five Love Languages, which is really very much about relationships. Um, and there's a, a Five Love Languages for Children book as well. So I would highly recommend parents read that because that really helps to understand what ways our children need love. And what they need now more than anything is to feel safe, to feel secure and to feel loved. And that's what they'll remember. They're, you know, the hope is, is that in... 30 years time when a child or, you know, an adult, a 30 year old adult is looking back on this time as a child, they're going to say, yeah, and you know what? The whole world stopped and we were all at home. And do you remember mommy did this? And do you remember daddy did that? And do you remember we played? And do you remember we did? And, you know, and with all of that, I'm conscious of our key workers who are, who are out working as well and the anxieties and, and stuff that, that is, you know, the extra anxieties that they have. Um, but if you are at home with your kids, you know, bring in fun, bring in play, nurture, love, support, and um, allow education to happen in a very different way. I have quite a few friends who home educate all the time anyway. Um, and what they would say is, you know, education is, is a different, it's different. It's not, home education is not school. And actually what we're not, what we're doing at the moment now is not even normal home education. We're kind of crisis educating. So mm. it's being gentle with everybody in the home from that space. Not sure if that's three or maybe a little bit more, Wayne, but um, no, there's that's hopefully some food for thought in there. That's absolutely fantastic. And I was thinking as you were going through those, um, I think something I just want to sort of touch on really quickly is the, the book that you mentioned, what are the five languages? The five languages um, are words of affirmation. So yes. positive words and language. Some people like to hear their, um, you know, praise. They like to be, and words and language really matter to them. So they'll be built up by words, but they'll also be kind of quite damaged and hurt by words. So words of affirmation. And every time I do this, I always miss one out and then I need to remember what it is. We do them in different order. I put you on the spot. Um, yeah, you know, you're okay. You're grand. Material items. So people who like things made for them or bought for them, that kind of thing. Um, we have people who like physical touch. And that might mean that it is, you know, if I'm saying to you, well done, Wayne, that I, you know, have my hand on your shoulder as I'm saying that will mean so much more to you than if I just said, well done, Wayne. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that that connection is what works for, for some people. Um, and then we have quality time. And so if, if a young person's language is, love language is quality time, for example, might be really important in a family that, you know, one child goes out with 
a parent if, if that's possible. Um, or that there's some way, you know, if you've two or three children in the house that the child who needs quality time actually gets a little bit of one-to-one time. And that might only be five minutes. Um, you know, these things don't need to be big. If we're talking the right language, actually sometimes the time frame needs to be really, really short. So quality time and then the other one is acts of service. And often what we find is that um, we give love how we want to receive it. Mm-hmm. And that means that I'm talking to you in French and you might speak English and therefore you don't understand what I'm saying. And it, it's vitally important for all of our relationships that we, um, or I find it really beneficial for all of my relationships to sort of understand the love languages of the people that I spend most time with. And that's work colleagues and, and family members and friends as well. Um, and to know what they need to feel safe and secure and loved. And to try as best I can, I don't always get it right, um, but to try as best I can to express my love or my affection for them or my respect or, or whatever, you know, depending on different environments for them um, in the way, in the language that they speak. And that's hugely important for relationships. Really, it's it's probably one of the most important things that I've, I've ever done. And um, I've come to understand because one of the things that can hurt us and stress us and, and affect our emotional well-being more than anything is our relationships with other people. Yeah, so true. So true. Joanne, that's such fantastic information uh, this morning. Um, I'm, I'm sort of, you know, I, I've known for a while that we needed to do this. And I really think that this is certainly something that we need to pick up. There is a lot of really useful, helpful information in in this episode today. And I'm just sort of thinking and sort of reflecting a little bit on lots of things that you've sort of said this morning. And uh, one of the things that sort of jumped into my mind there, and it's kind of strange that this would happen. And I would not normally sort of be a, be a fan of this particular artist, but uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the guy, Jimmy Buckley. Uh, he's a, he's an Irish country singer. Uh, yes. he, he sings a song, Stop the World and Let Me Off. Um, Absolutely. It, it seems quite apt at this point that the world has stopped and now there's an opportunity given everything that you said this morning there is an opportunity for people to get off and reflect there is absolutely and you know I think for me one of the important parts is to acknowledge my own sort of humanness and all of this and because what I find is is as I teach I learn and we're all work in progress so the stuff that I'm sharing you know, I don't have it a hundred percent right. Yeah. It's a place for me to aspire to. And it's, it's, it's things that I try to embody. I don't always get it right. Um, by any means. So, you know, recognizing that we're all work in progress yeah. and that these types of conversations, if we focus on how we want to feel and we engage in these types of conversations, then we all learn and grow together. Um, and exactly. And interestingly, the one, the song that's been in my head <laughs> from this started was, um, I don't even know the artist, you probably, you might know it better than me, but is, um, you know, the, it's the end of the world as we know it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Playing, playing in my head. Um, it's R.E.M., I think. R.E.M., I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the other one that I saw last night, and as someone who's quite techy, and I think you'll like this one, and perhaps some of your listeners <laughs> might enjoy it as well, was, you know, that that inevitable thing that happens when we ring an IT person, and certainly I remember it, um, is, you know, we get, have you switched it off and switched it back on again? <laughs> Yeah. Um, and perhaps, you know, I saw, I shared a, a, an image last night, which was kind of, you know, the world surrounded by sort of 
the angels and, and them all discussing and going, have they switched it off and switched it back on again? And they're going, yeah, that's what they're doing right now. So my hope is that that's where we are, that we're taking a moment to pause, we're slowing things down and we will restart with, a, you know, perhaps re- having reevaluated what is important and how we can change our lives um, and take from this what we want to move forward with and leave behind what wasn't working for us before. Um, yeah, this at least that's a hope anyway. So fantastic. Okay, right, before we, we go, because I have so many more questions that I want to ask, and I know we're definitely going to pick this up again because there's 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 a couple of more episodes in this, and I'm going to do that once we get off air today. We're, we'll schedule something and we'll talk a little bit more um, in another episode. But how do people find out about you, the great work that you do? Um, where can they find out more information about what it is you do and how you can help people? Yeah, so my website is www.trythealternative.net. It is undergoing a bit of change at the moment. So I guess social media is probably the, the best path for that. So my Facebook page, Try the Alternative, um, Instagram, Try the Alternative. And um, I've, I've recently set up some kind of WhatsApp groups and things like that, just sharing some positive bits and pieces. But if people touch base with me either through the website or through social media channels, then I can uh, hopefully point them in the direction of some things that might be beneficial. That is so awesome. Joanne, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Zero Lives Left podcast. Thank you, Ian. All right, hope you enjoyed that episode of the podcast. Huge thank you to Joanne. It's always great to sit down, spend a little time with Joanne and talk a little bit about the whole world of wellness. Unfortunately, this is something that we don't think a lot about until something happens in our life. Maybe we're not feeling well, maybe we're more stressed, maybe we have an illness, or maybe we're stuck right in the middle of something like the coronavirus. So it was good to spend a little bit of time today reflecting on those simple things that we can do to help us. Some of the key takeaways that I'm taking away from this episode, it is important to get an understanding of how our bodies work, how to maximize our wellness. I mean, what are some of the things that we can do to help maximize our wellness? Of course, it's going to be difficult to get out and do the things that we normally do, go to the gym, go for a run, go for a cycle, We're living in a slightly different time right now, but hopefully things will return to normal very soon. But there are things that we can still do inside the comfort of our home in our back garden uh, to get a little bit of exercise and to focus on keeping ourselves healthy and also fit. Joanne talked about moving to a place of acceptance, thinking about the new sense of norm. There's a change now to our emotions and not being reliant on one thing, again, circling back around to what we just talked about a couple of moments ago about being reliant on the gym or the cycle or the run, rephrasing what we're saying, thinking about our emotional health and the importance to acknowledge that we're only humans. So a great episode today on the podcast and I'm looking forward to talking to Joanne over the next few days. In fact, we're going to be doing another episode where we're going to be talking about sleep and this is going to be a very interesting 
uh, episode because this is something that many of us do struggle with uh, and I'm guilty of this myself, you know, uh, working late at night, not getting the correct amount of sleep, uh, I'm tired the next day but what I have found is that when I've went to bed uh, a little bit earlier, I felt much better the next day, I've been more focused. So sleep is certainly an important component and now is a great time to be catching up on that sleep. But we're going to talk a little bit more and we're going to go a little bit deeper into the world of sleep in particular. So keep an eye out for that episode. It's going to be coming your way over the next few days. Once again, I want to thank you for stopping by and listening to the podcast. We really do appreciate it. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please do share it with your family and friends. Check out the Zero Lives Left podcasting Facebook page. Stop by on Twitter. It's at Zero Lives Left podcast. And don't forget to stop by and check out the Zero Lives Left podcasting website. Lots of great information available over on the website. We've got more detailed information on our guests. And also you can check out my podcasting ebook course, which is now available. And if you're somebody who'd like to launch your own podcast, I have a simple to follow ebook, which has got seven simple steps on how you can effectively launch your podcast. So check that out over on the website. All right, we're going to switch off for now and we're going to be coming back very soon with another episode of the Zero Lives Left podcast. Thanks for listening to the Zero Lives Left podcast with Wayne Denner. Make sure to check out Wayne's new book, The Student's Guide to an Epic Online Reputation, available from waynedenner.com and follow him on Twitter at Wayne Denner. Tune in next time.